Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas. Shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss a playful way to serve niche audiences incorporating pop culture into your customer messaging and a way to get your customers engaging with you every single day for weeks on end. Valerian, Mandalorian, and Amazonian. Oh my! There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Dan, you're a good keeper, but you're not a rinya. Uh, say what? I said you're a good keeper, but you're definitely not a rinya. Yeah, yeah, I heard you, but I have absolutely no idea what you're saying. Wait, you don't speak High Valerian? Um, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I did watch Game of Thrones and All so, right, so you know the I know reference. what it is, but yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I don't speak it. I'm sorry. No problem. And to be honest, neither do I. But I started to learn a bit of High Valerian for today's CX Press, which comes to us from the blog at Duolingo and is titled, An Update is Coming to Our High Valerian Course. The article is all about a course that's available right now on Duolingo to learn the language High Valerian. And as Dan alluded to earlier, High Valerian is one of the languages spoken in the Game of Thrones world. And, and I should say, should say also that Duolingo, for those that don't know, is a, an app that teaches you how to speak foreign languages. Exactly. And so what's interesting to me, and the reason I wanted to talk about this on the segment, is here we have an app that is designed to teach people foreign languages that is teaching them a conlang. High Valerian is a conlang or constructed language. That means it was intentionally created by someone. In this case, David J. Peterson, who designed it for HBO's popular series, Game of Thrones. And you'll also be able to hear High Valerian in their new series, House of Dragons. Now, you may not be familiar with Peterson, but I almost guarantee you've been exposed to his work. He's been on a ton of television shows and movies, including Doctor Strange, Penny Dreadful, and Dune. He built languages for all of those shows. So Duolingo decided to partner with him to create a high Valerian course so that fans of the Game of Thrones world could learn the language. Now, at the time the article was published, this is a few months ago before House of Dragons was released, it had 514,000 active learners. Now it has over 600,000 active learners. They added over 100,000 learners just with the release of the new show, which puts High Valerian just behind their program to learn Finnish and ahead of languages like Hawaiian and Romanian and Czech and Welsh. Well, I, I mean, 
This is fascinating because being a Duolingo user now for the last, uh, it's only been a couple of weeks, but I really like it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of gamesmanship to it and you score points and the, the graphical interface is really fun and playful. And I think it does a really good job of, of teaching language. You have to, there's places where you have to answer questions, you have to speak, you have to listen. So it's really using all of the, all the aspects of the phone as well. And so taking this to a, I don't want to say a fake language, but a, uh, we'll call it a fictional language. Constructed language. <laughs> yeah, is, a, is, a, is an interesting next step. I'd be very fascinated to know whether these are folks that go in and you know try a lesson because it's fun or are like legitimately trying to get through, you know, the lesson can be weeks and weeks long. So I'd be interested to know who has that kind of time. Well, and it depends on the language, right? So High Valerian has, as I understand it, about 2,000 words total in the language that they've created. So it's a fairly small language in terms of what they've designed for it. So I'm not sure what the difference between kind of playful users who are just trying to jump in and see what it's going on or folks that are actually going to speak this to their friends. But that actually brings us to one of the points that I wanted to make about this is that doing this type of um, offering, if you will, within the Duolingo world allows Duolingo to create affinity groups within their customer base. And there was an interesting segment from the article that I want to quote. Sure, you're probably not going to travel to Westeros on your next summer vacation, and you likely won't need it for a job or other everyday uses. But that doesn't mean learning High Valerian doesn't have its benefits. For one, Game of Thrones superfans can use the language to connect more deeply with the series and the world of fire and ice, end quote. Now, what I loved about this is, and frankly, this is what originally triggered me to see this article and think, oh, this could be an interesting segment for Experience This, was the mention of superfans. Within your customer base, there are superfans of other things. Hopefully you have your own super fans, but there are super fans of Game of Thrones that are your customers. There are super fans of Star Trek that are your customers. These various pop culture things, these movies, these scenarios, these shows, there are folks that are fans of them that are also fans of yours. And there's an interesting opportunity, I think, to connect with them with something like what Duolingo created. Yeah, I think this is a great example of an affinity partnership. And we see it all over the place, right? Citibank partners with American Airlines to create a credit card that, you know, people are Citibank fans and they're American Airlines fans and and some of them overlap. And so I think affinity marketing ha for sure has its benefits. I can see, as you were explaining this, I was actually trying to think which came first, Duolingo saying, hey, we'd like to teach High Valerian or David Peterson coming to deal Duolingo and saying, we think you should teach High Valerian, right? Because both right, have right. A, a lot of incentive to do that. They do. And I think that creates an interesting point. It's like, are you the ones reaching out? Are they reaching out? And to be clear, I'm fully aware that doing something around a language is unique based on the fact that Duolingo is an app to teach you languages. But it doesn't mean there wouldn't be other ways for you to connect with folks. I mean, if you were a dry cleaner, for example, you could maybe have something where it's like, and we also clean armor, you know, or if, you're, if your dress has been sullied by because you were riding a dragon, don't worry, we can take care of it. You know, you could throw these little references in that some people might be looking at and saying, 
what are they even talking about? But the super fans that are in the know about whatever pop culture reference you're making or affinity group reference you're making would connect in a different way. I also thought it was interesting as yet another example of how Duolingo is targeting niche markets or niche markets, depending on how you pronounce it. You know, the last time we talked about Duolingo on the show, we talked about how they were using avatars with names that worked across a variety of different languages. And that would be season nine, episode 161, of course. I knew that you would be good with that. Thanks, buddy. And what I thought was fascinating back then, and this, so this is kind of our callback segment to last season, was that they were thinking strategically and inclusively about the various markets they were serving. This is kind of the opposite approach of thinking in terms of a very specific niche audience that they're serving, that is people that are Game of Thrones, and finding a fun way to interact with them too. Now, do they use the same avatars and are they dressed up with uh, the clothing of the day and shields and swords? You know, Dan, that is a fantastic question that I have to confess, I'm not sure. I wasn't in the app in the High Valerian long enough to learn the few words that I learned in the intro uh, (laughs) about this segment. But that's something that I'll definitely have to check out and see. But you, you bring up an excellent point around playfulness, right? How playful can we be in the things that we create for our customers? How playful can we be in the interactions that we're having with our customers? Because I think at the end of the day, more customers want that. You know, I think people are going through their day feeling, you know, busy, feeling overwhelmed, feeling tired. There's a lot of things going on in the world that might make folks not be excited, not bring a smile to their face, not make them laugh. And if you can incorporate things into your business, into your brand, that just brighten someone's day a little, make them smile, make them think, okay, that was a little crazy, but I kind of liked it. There's a great opportunity to build on that relationship that you have with the customer because you provided them with that little emotional hit. Yeah. And I think this can come in tons of different places. I mean, one of the places it comes for me, as you probably know, after all these uh, episodes, Joey, I'm a big pinball fan. And I have a number of machines down in my basement. And anytime I pass by a restaurant or a bar that's got a pinball machine, like I got to go in and play. And whenever I see one in a TV show or a movie, I always want to pause and like rewind and see which machine it is. And then of course, there's you know, for the real nerds in us, there's discussion boards about where you can find pinball games in different movies and in different TV shows and not to mention where you can go play them in real life. But it's another example of sort of a subculture that may have nothing to do with the restaurant or the movie or anything like that, but which can still, you can draw people into it because of the other affinity. And I think that's what I was trying to say before about, you know, it'd be interesting to know where this started on which side it started because this is great for the Duolingo brand, and it's great for the Game of Thrones brand. Exactly. And when you think strategically about these things and you have fun with them, it can be great for everyone's brand. So whether you're a Vala, a Kepa, a Rinya, or Toba, finding playful ways to target your niche markets in the business and incorporate pop culture into your messaging and your interactions with your customers is a great way to be remarkable. Gerosilas. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. 
Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. Shall we play a little game of Name That Tune, Dan? Ooh, I love me some Name That Tune. Let's go. I know you are such a huge fan of all things game-related. Folks, I got to tell you, Dan is constantly sending me stuff about game shows and different cool board games, and he's a big game fan. So I thought this would be a fun little segment to do. We're going to play a little clip of music. And I want you, Dan, to jump in as quickly as you can and identify what the music is from. All right? So here we go. Roll clip. Come on, Joey. You're going to have to do better than that. Even for a guy who is not a fan, I know that's the Star Wars theme song. I knew that you were not a huge Star Wars fan, but I did think that you would probably get that one. So let's take the game one level further. Do you recall where in the movie we first hear that music? Well, given that I don't recall a whole lot about the movie, <laughs> what I remember <laughs> is the opening credits with the letters going across the screen and uh, and it's sort of telling the backstory. Ding, ding, ding. You win the prize, Dan. Even for someone who's not a huge Star Wars fan, you got it. You got the reference from the music and you remembered that epic scene at the beginning of Star Wars where the backstory is scrolling away from the camera. It's kind of into a field of stars and the yellow text is kind of working its way away from the viewer's eyes as we read and kind of understand this world we're about to enter. The reason I bring this up is because of Wistia. Wistia is a video marketing platform. Basically, think of it as a private YouTube where you can control your videos, see info about who's watching them, for how long, and lots of other cool things to basically figure out the impact of the videos that you're creating and putting out in the content to the world is actually having on the folks that consume the videos. Wistia wanted to do a terms of service update. And so what they did is they rewrote their entire terms of service, something that's kind of required for many businesses, especially when you're in a video hosting business and people are watching the videos and that type of thing. And we've talked a lot about on the show how just because you have to do something in your business doesn't mean it needs to be boring or plain or overly legal or not fun. And Wistia decided to do something different. What Wistia did is they took their brand new terms of service. And instead of pushing the update out in a boring email or you know making folks click on a thing to say they accepted it and they've just basically don't even read it, they scroll through it, they decided to launch their new terms of service on May 4th. Dan, do you have any guesses to why May 4th might have been interesting in this story? Well, I'm going to preface this by saying that if I get too many more Star Wars questions, I'm going to stop getting the answers right. But I do happen <laughs> to know that May 4th significance is that it relates to the famous line, may the force be with you or may the fourth be with you. Exactly. So on May 4th every year, people that are really into Star Wars will say, may the 4th be with you. Brands have gotten into doing that. Wistie is one of them. They launched their new term of service on May 4th with this video showing it scrolling. Now, I loved this for two key reasons. Number one, they decided to take something that was required in their business, the terms of service, and make it remarkable. You know, they could, as I said before, they could have done any number of boring things to introduce the new terms of service to their customers, but they decided to be playful and have a good time with it. 
The other thing that I loved about it is that it reconnects back to that segment we were just talking about around attracting niche audiences and doing things that are going to speak to your niche audience. Now, whereas the Valerian segment was a little different, that you have to be really into Game of Thrones to understand those references. Even someone like you, Dan, and I say this respectfully, who's not a huge Star Wars fan, immediately got the reference. So if you saw a screen with that terms of service scrolling away, you would know that they were kind of referencing Star Wars. And if you saw it on May the 4th, even though you're not a huge Star Wars fan, you'd probably smile. Would that be a fair assumption on my part? I think that is a very fair assumption. Yeah, so this to me is a great example of how many opportunities there are in every aspect of your business to just have fun. Now, I'm guessing you're not going to create a brochure in High Valerian, and you're probably not going to turn all of your terms and services conditions into crawling text with theme music in the background referencing Star Wars. And I don't want you to do that. It's not about doing exactly what we talk about during the segments of Experience This Show. It's about using these creative ideas to inspire your team to be more playful, to be more creative, to be more innovative in the interactions you have with your customers. And as you set out to do that, may the force be with you. Or as my friend Chewbacca would say, True Confessions of a Call Center Agent. I have a confession to make. By the time someone finally makes it to me, they aren't very happy. Our call tree requires them to select from a ton of options, and they usually aren't sure which option to select. This gets them to the wrong person on our team more often than not. It's not fun for me or them, and yet it keeps happening again and again and again. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling Acme Corp. Your call is very important to us. To continue in German, press 1. To continue in Swahili, press 2. To continue in High Valerian, press 3. To continue in English, Press four. Oh, hi, Valerian. I've been working on that, but man, I am nowhere near fluent enough to have this conversation. Better go with four. Thank you for selecting English. If this is a call about a problem you're having logging into the website, press one. If this is a call about a problem with your account, press two. If this is anything else, press three. Hmm, I'm actually trying to access my account online via the website. So I guess it could be about the website or my account. Um, I guess I'll go with the website. We're sorry to hear you're having a problem with the website. If you can't find our website, the address is www.therealacmecorp.com. If this is a problem with the login screen, press 1. If this is a problem with the home screen, press 2. If this is a problem with some other part of the site, press 3. To go back to the main menu, press 4. Well, I can't even access my account. So is that the login screen or the home screen? That must be the login screen. I'm going to go with 1. If this is about your username, press 1. If this is about your password, press 2. If this is about anything else, press 3. To go back to the main menu, press 4. 
Ugh, I don't know what the problem is. Enough already. Time to talk to a human. I'm pressing zero for the operator. I'm sorry. I didn't recognize that selection. If this is about your username, press one. If this is about your password, press two. Operator, agent, human, someone. I'm sorry. I didn't recognize your selection. It seems like you're having a problem. To go back to the main menu, press nine. What? Nine? Oh, never mind. I can empathize with the customer. I get confused by the options in our phone tree, and I work here. This isn't good customer experience or agent experience. I sure wish we were using Coveo. To avoid bad customer experiences and bad agent experiences, you need Coveo. Visit get.coveo.com slash experience this. That's G-E-T dot C-O-V-E-O dot com slash experience this to learn about creating an AI-powered agent experience to deliver the relevant personalized interactions that people expect. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? I'm curious, Dan. I don't think I've ever asked you this before. Do you have a Kindle? Uh, Well, Joey, I don't have a Kindle device, but I do have the Kindle app on uh, my iPad. Ah, nice. I have the Kindle app on my phone. Let me ask another question before I get into this. Do you actually use the Kindle app? Ah, well, thanks for asking. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. No, I, I mean, only because I, I, I generally prefer the physical copy of a book. Fair enough. I, too, love physical copies of books, but I often find myself reading on the Kindle. And lately, I've been finding myself reading on the Kindle a lot more. And here's why. I was reading a Kindle book, and when I logged in and I finished reading that book, I went to the main menu to go to select another book from my library. And I saw a little post, a little banner about the Kindle Epic Summer Challenge. And I decided to check this out. So I clicked on it and I found out that Kindle was running a challenge between July 1st and September 30th to track how much reading I did on my Kindle and award me badges for accomplishments. Now, the movie line may say, we don't need no stinking badges, but I'm all about the badges. And so I jumped in and started reading. And at the time we're recording this, we are right at the end. We've just finished up the Kindle Epic Summer Challenge. And do you want to know how I did, Dan? I can't wait, Joey. I'm going (laughs) to guess... I'm going to guess you crushed this. You you have a ton of enthusiasm for this. Like I can just feel it emanating from you right now. I had a lot of fun with this, okay? This did a number of things. Let me give you some of the stats and results, and then I'll tell you why I think this is interesting or relevant for business owners everywhere and customer experience professionals as well. Number one, they tracked the number of days read. So you got one badge, the bronze badge, when you had read for 15 days. Now, keep in mind, this is running for three months. So you got one for reading 15 days during that window, a silver badge for reading 40 days, and a gold badge for reading 75. And you are correct, Dan. Not only did I get the bronze and the silver, but I got the gold as well. They also had a category for books completed. If you were bookish, you got a badge for reading one book. If you were a bookworm, 
you got a badge for reading two books. If you were a bibliophile, you got a badge for reading three books. Super Let me excited. guess, you were bibliophilic. I was bibliophilic. There was Sadly, there was nothing beyond three books because I ended up reading more than three books, but they capped out at three badges, so we accepted those badges. They also had badges for streaks, and one of those was the perfect week. So if you read all seven days out of the week, you got a badge. Actually was able to get that six weeks out of the 12 weeks in the program. They also had one for a perfect month, which I had to work hard at, but I was able to get that one. Now, here's the thing. As I'm describing this, and you're listening to me tell you which badges I earned, I'm not trying to do this from a place of bragging or saying, oh, look how awesome I am for reading all these books or reading every day. But what I'm doing is trying to give you some insight into how excited I am to be using their app. What Kindle has done with this Epic Summer Challenge is all but guaranteed that I will use the app every day. And when I was going for that perfect month, I found myself thinking when I got to the weekend, oh, I need to read a little. Because I normally read at night, okay? So I normally read Monday through Friday in the evening. So actually more like Sunday through Thursday in the evening. So it's Friday night or Saturday night, you know, watching a movie with my wife. We're going out, we're doing something. But I found myself being pulled back to read, which I just thought was a really interesting kind of triggering effect that the competition was creating as it related to my use of their product. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why gamification is practically everywhere, and it's because it works. And this idea of streaks, I think, really came to fruition from some of the newer social media channels like Snapchat, which encourages people to maintain streaks with their friends by communicating every day. There's no prize for it. There's no award. There's really no benefit other than that you want to keep the streak going. And maybe there's just a fear of the streak breaking. I don't know. But what I know is my kids have 100 plus day streaks with many, many people. And so I think it's great that this is being applied to something as important as reading, right? Something that's actually useful. And uh, <laughs> No judgment of the snaps on no, that one. None at all. No judgment at all. Uh, so I think that's really cool. And I'm also, by the way, proud of you for rereading The Experience Maker and Never Lose a Customer again <laughs> during this because I think that, you know, you probably took some new uh, takeaways from them. Yeah, that was book number one and book number two. So book number three was actually something that I got to pick that was different. No, you know, I think you're absolutely right, Dan. The gamification aspect of this is really fascinating. But another piece of this that I wanted to highlight was how it helps drive Amazon's business. So not only does it make their app or their Kindle product stickier, right? They make it more part of my everyday. But they did a couple of things with some of the mystery reveal badges. Now, these badges weren't available at the beginning of the challenge. They popped up throughout the three-month challenge. And you could win those badges as well. But these badges were a little bit different. So they had an Around the Campfire badge. This is if you read a book that was on the Amazon recommended summer reading list, which I actually decided to read one of their books because I wanted the badge. Okay, now I know maybe that makes me a little weird, but I looked at the list and I was like, you know, I've been meaning to read that book. And I went and did it because of the prompt. They had a badge for Prime Day. If you read on Prime Day, you could get that badge, uh, which obviously promoted Amazon's big sale of the year, Prime Day. They had a badge that you could get for following an author. 
So in the Amazon platform, you can follow an author and then you get alerts anytime they have a new book. So I was already following you, Dan, so I had to go follow someone else. And last but not least, they had the epic ending badge. And this one I thought was really quite fascinating. They wanted you to finish strong. But instead of giving you the epic ending badge for reading in the last week of the challenge, they gave it for reading in the second to last week in the challenge. Now, I think the reason they did this is because if they could draw you in before the challenge ended, they could maybe have the gamification kick in again and you would read more in the final week instead of trying to draw you in on the last day with a badge. Either way, I thought it was fascinating that they had these badges that were about keeping streaks and how much are you doing and, you know, kind of for lack of a better way of putting it, the quantity of your interaction. And then they had these other badges that were about hyper-focused things that helped them as a business as well. Yeah, I agree, Joey. I think that, as I said, this is a great way to encourage a good habit. And I can see lots of other uses for this. First of all, I'd like to see my kids join the challenge next time and encourage them to read for fun. But also I could see this for health-related things, remembering to take your medicine or remembering to exercise or other types of things where that gamification really can work as an inspirer, as an encourager, when sometimes you just need that external factor to make you do it. I couldn't agree more. So friends, how can you think about incorporating gamification into your business? How can you think about creative ways to get your customers interacting with you on a more regular basis? It doesn't have to be every day, but hopefully it's more than once every three months. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show, yay you, we're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.